Hey, Life Church Livonia. What's up? What's up? What's up? This is Alex, and I'm here with Kate. Hey, what up, everybody? For all of you on YouTube, this is a wink and a thumbs up for you. <laughs> and we practice, if, we practice yeah, that. if you were Separately. just listening to that, I promise it was really great. It was. So uh, sorry you missed out on that because that would have changed your life. I think mm-hmm. positively. Yeah, yeah. We're here to positively impact people's lives. <laughs> That's why we do yeah. this. That's why we do what we do here at Life Church uh, Livonia. Well, welcome to Tell Me More. This is your first time or your first thousandth time, which is not possible. We've not we done. Okay. Podcasts. Yeah. Just, just fact checking. I'm like, well, mm, what am I? Who do I? What do I know? You, you're a great fact checker. <laughs> Me? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Wow, I'm the first. Well, yeah, you're the first. That's bad. Mostly that's because I make information up all the time. <laughs> so usually people are fact checking me, not the other way around. Maybe that's why you're so good at it. <laughs> yes, I can sniff it out. I can sniff yeah. out the errors. I'm like, ah, that's not true. I know yeah, that. Um, I can tell you're lying. Yeah. You just made that up. <laughs> yeah, I, you spot it, you got it. That's what we say in the program, you know? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I don't know what program we were talking about, but it sounds mm-hmm. like a great one. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. Welcome right. to Tell Me More. Here on this podcast, we take a deeper dive into the content from the weekend, be it uh, scripture passages or concepts, or uh, we just try to do some deeper discipleship conversations because that's how we grow in Christ. It's not mm-hmm. just a sermon. It's not just a conference. It's not just an event. It's all the conversations with people we trust surrounding those things. Yep. We're trying to create a little bit of that here for you. And uh, so welcome if this is your first time. Today, we're going to be talking about bless. And mm-hmm. this past weekend, we talked about um, the the bless concept and really that it's an acronym that stands for begin with prayer, listen, eat together, uh, serve each other, and share your story. That's what it stands for, B-L-E-S-S. Write it down, mm-hmm. tell your friends, tell your grandma's friends. Um, and the reason that we... <laughs> it's a good face, by the way. Like, <laughs> the reason uh, that we talked about this is this is the answer to how do we do evangelism here at Life Church Livonia? This is the answer to that. And um, let me tell you why. I'm taking our first question here, Kate, but... okay. There was a study that was done, uh, a doctoral study on two groups of missionaries that went to Thailand. Uh, Both groups were uh, from respected organizations. Uh, They were both uh, well-funded in terms of staff and in terms of cash, and they were both trained to do uh, missions in Thailand. They knew the culture, they knew Mm -hmm. the language, et cetera, et cetera. But their biggest difference was in their goal. Group number one went to um, with the expressed goal of converting as many people as possible to Christianity. Group number two, their expressed goal was to bless as many people as possible in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And group number one, whose goal was conversion, saw very, very, very few people come to know Jesus in like two years. I think they had under five people come to know Jesus. And I'd have to go fact check that myself with the study, but it was very, very low. Uh, Group number two, who went primarily to bless people, had hundreds of people come to know Jesus in two years, simply because they were concerned not with, hey, believe what I believe, 
and let me explain why you should. They were concerned with, I'm going to embody what I believe, yeah. uh, regardless of whether you believe that or not. And that every changed- single time, every single time you tell this story, it just makes me, it just like really affirms the heart behind loving Jesus and yeah. sharing the gospel with people. So I just love it. It's, yeah. it's so powerful it's pretty to rad. me. Yeah. Pretty yeah. rad. Yeah. So Kate, I wanted to start by asking you a question. Uh, we're talking about bless and it does, you know, have, there's a process to it, but really at the mm-hmm. end of the day, it's about doing good to people in our immediate circle are mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. love our neighbors you could yes. say as ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, who is someone <laughs> that has deeply blessed you and how have they blessed you? You don't yeah. have to give names if you don't want to, but. Great. Um, hmm, I wasn't prepared, but now I can, you know, fly by the seat of my pants because it's what I do. From it's what hip. I do. So yeah. here I am. So I have had so many people who have blessed me, who have loved me um, generously and kindly and graciously. And um, there is someone who comes to mind. I will leave her nameless because that is how, that is her preference. Uh, but it was probably, gosh, 2000. 13, I was um, working and paying out of pocket to pay for my schooling. Mm-hmm. And my the company that I was working for at the time went under. And um, this woman, I was meeting with her pretty regularly to um, serve her and support her in her recovery process. And she um, knew about this struggle. And so I I had lost my job, the company went under. Mm -hmm. And when we were meeting one day, she asked me about how um, things were going for me. And she volunteered, she said that she wanted to pay for my schooling. Mm. And I was going to Spring Arbor uh, Adults Accelerated Program. And if anybody knows anything about Spring Arbor, it's very expensive. Uh, school and program. And yeah, you do know, you feel that deeply. And so this beautiful, kind soul um, paid for my education. And because of her generosity, and I was super humbled. And at that point in my life, I really struggled to receive gifts from people to let Mm. people help me and serve me and give Mm. to me. And uh, because of that, um, I, I like received that gift. I cried lots of tears and so much gratitude. Um, because of that gift, I have um, been more intentional about giving financially to other people um, because of the generosity that I experienced from her, because of the blessing, the love, the affirmation, the encouragement, the validation, even about my educational mm. uh, pathway that, that I just felt so affirmed and encouraged because of her. Mm. Um that I have consistently given, um, often when I shouldn't probably <laughs> actually my tax guy, I don't know if you know, Kevin Stout, he, uh, he's yeah. a baller guy. I love him so much. He's baller the real guy. MVP. He does my taxes for me every year. And <laughs> a couple of years back, he said to me, Hey Kate, you really should stop giving so much of your money away. You're never going to be able to retire ever if you keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> And I also was like one time, hey, Kevin, let me buy you dinner for doing my taxes thing so much. And he was like, yeah, I just did your taxes. Please don't buy me anything. I don't want. (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, Okay. So Alex, I'm going to, I'm going to turn the tables here on you. And I would love to know um, what does it look like 
for us as followers of Christ and for you specifically yeah. to begin with prayer because that's the B in bless. So it is, isn't it? It's it funny is. you say it that. Indeed. Begin with the prayer. <laughs> Little Dietrich Bonhoeffer in there. Is that a German? Yes, yes sir. That... Yes, sir. That's what I was going You'll for. Must <laughs> und begin with some prayer. Um, yeah, it's as simple as it sounds really. Here's, here's a pro tip for you guys. Mm. Um, Christianity is very simple. It's not easy. It's just really simple. Yeah. And um, I knew all these people who are like really deep prayer warriors and who had prayers like profoundly answered. Mm. Um, and every time I would talk to them about their prayer life, it just always felt like, yeah, but like, what's your real secret? <laughs> like what's like they're holding out they're holding yeah 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 yeah. they'd be like well you know i just i make a list and i pray for it in my morning devotions yeah yeah, okay cool but what else what else do you do do? yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, i'd be like well you know i just say lord i pray that you would provide x y and z for me Mm. like great 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 but then what do you do after that yeah yeah yeah. Um, what kind of offerings are you making? Burnt incense, right, maybe, perhaps? Right. <laughs> Saging the room? Like, what What else? Right, <laughs> right, right. But how do you know you're going to get it? Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, <clears throat> and it was so funny because I, because there was just this kind of spiritual power in their prayers, I assumed it, they were doing something I wasn't or couldn't or didn't, mm. they had access to a resource I, I didn't have access to. Mm. And that's partially true because they had more faith than I did, mm. but well, I didn't have that? access to it. And that. that matters, right? Praying in faith. and Yeah. I mean, praying in faith just simply means like, I believe you're going to do this, right? And mm-hmm. faith is faith is super, super simple. It's simply, uh, I don't think twice about sitting on my couch. I think, mm. Mm, I'm tired. I'm going to sit on my couch. I have no questions about, oh, is the couch going to fall apart? Is it going to be there when I sit down? But when I can't hold myself up anymore, before I touch it, is it still there? None of that, right? I just am like, yeah, "Yeah, I know it's going to be there. I'm going to act like it's going to stay there. (laughs) And I'm going to sit sit down. down. Yeah. 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 And um, Hmm. the only way to get faith is by, faith is a muscle, really. Yep. Uh, You don't lose it, you lose it. Yeah. And uh, you, the more you use it, the stronger it gets. And so um, really beginning with prayer is as simple as um, asking God for blessing in that person's life. Yeah. And so for those of you who are listening and thinking like Alex has said twice now that it's simple, um, he's not saying that there's not difficulties attached to these ideas. It's that the concepts are... um, easy to abide in. Right. And and this is, I think, core in Jesus's understanding of the world. In American learning models, we tend to do a lot of study about the theory behind why things work and how they work. And then we might have one project in a class demonstrating that. And then we move on to a new subject. In Jesus's model of learning, you do stuff a ton and you learn about how it works and why it works by doing it a ton and so um with prayer specifically 
a lot of us want to know like, but how do I know God's going to answer my prayer? Or how do I know he hears me? Or, mm. But how do I pray in a way? people just want certainty, right? They, they, want just, certainty. they just want certainty. Mm-hmm. But that's, and that's, certainty is antithetical to faith. Because everything you're certain of is also taken in faith. Hmm. Right? Like, how do you know? That's how an do interesting you, concept. How do you know whatever relationship you're in isn't going to end tomorrow? Because you have faith this person's committed to you. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't do that. It's not they couldn't do that. It's that they wouldn't do that. Yeah. Right? That's faith. Um, how do we know that gravity is still going to work tomorrow? We don't. But gravity is attached to the mass of Earth, right? Gosh, you know, I like, have some fear about gravity now. <laughs> well, I'm just, just you know, like, so I'm physics, physics, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know that gravity <laughs> is attached to Earth. If mm-hmm. Earth disappeared tomorrow uh, because of some unforeseen meteor, meteor incident we can't understand, grav- our gravity would disappear with it. Gravity in the universe wouldn't disappear, but Earth's gravity would, right? Right, so yeah. We, yep. we just assume it's going to ha- not be that way. It's faith, right? Yeah, yeah, um, totally. So anyway, when it comes to prayer, the, and the reason you know gravity works so well is as a child, you tried to defy it a couple times and you learned, oh. <laughs> yeah, totally. When You're I not jump gonna... off of the roof, I fall down right. every time, every time. It, it's it, amazing. It's it like it always yeah. happens that way. Yeah. Um, my brother throws a pen at my face and it stabs me in the eyebrow because that's the way that, you know, science works. Yeah, that's a good example. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so when I begin with prayer, um, yeah. you begin just by asking for God's blessing on a person's life mm-hmm. and that his kingdom would come and will would be done. And here's the best part about that. You may go like, yeah, but I don't know what to like, what do I say? How do I pray? Well, Jesus gave us an answer for this in the Lord's prayer. He right. said, this is how you pray. Because the disciples ask him, Lord, how do we pray? That's a good question. If you're asking, well, how do I do this? You're asking a question the disciples asked Jesus. Yeah, totally. And Jesus gave an answer for that. He said, you say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We've talked about this on this podcast before. That word hallowed uh, has not been updated to a better English word because there's not really an equivalent from old English. The best description might be, um, our Father who art in heaven, May your name, meaning who you are, be the engine that drives my soul, Mm -hmm. be the center of gravity around which all things in my life revolve. Your kingdom come, not my kingdom come, your kingdom come here on earth in my locale where I live as it is in heaven where your kingdom is complete and reign supreme. Yep. Give us today everything we need our daily bread. Mm-hmm. Uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. The things that people owe me mm-hmm. that I feel like you need to make up for this. Help me to forgive them like you have forgiven me. Yeah. Um, lead us not into temptation. So keep me from the temptation. And that's interesting. He doesn't say, Jesus doesn't say lead us away from evil. He says, lead us not into temptation. Don't even let me be tempted to do evil today. Mm, yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, lead us not into temptation. Um, and then he asks yeah. for protection from the evil one. Yeah. And then just a reaffirmation. You, yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. I mean, like, you can do all things. So, yeah. um, 
And when he says, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I was just going to say, because so many people are like, well, this is how we're supposed to pray. Then Mm -hmm. we have to do it this specific way. And that's not what that scripture is about. It's not commanding us to pray only that prayer. In that format, right. Correct. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Just want to make sure because, you know, I come come out of some legalism uh, historically. And so I like to offer some freedom to people. Prayer is simply a conversation with God. And you can converse with God in the way you converse with anybody else. Mm-hmm. And, um, but Jesus is just giving us categories that we can pray through and pray with. And yeah. um, that's super valuable. So anyway, if I'm wondering, like, I don't even know what to pray for this person. I just go down that list. Lord, I pray that you would be what their whole life revolves around. Mm-hmm. I pray that your kingdom would come in their life. I pray that you'd provide for every need that they have that they would live in your forgiveness of them and from that forgive others. I pray you'd protect them from the enemy and from all temptation. And I pray, Lord, that um, your kingdom would come in their life and that their life would be aligned with your will and purposes, right? So it's not super complex. Uh, It's super simple. But the more you ask for specific things and see those things happen, the more you're just like, oh, God loves me. God cares about me. Uh, he hears me and he responds. And yeah. so I invite you um, to uh, grow in that and test the Lord in that by praying for Lord. I pray this person would come to know you. Lord, I pray you'd bless this person's life. Lord, I pray that you would, um, you know, show up in this way, you know. So, yeah, yeah that's good. Simple that's as great, that. Alex. Simple as that. Yeah. So, Kate, next one is listen. So let's begin with prayer. Listen. So tell me, give me some tips. Tell me more about what does it look like to listen well? Mm. Well, um, I recommend when listening uh, to put phones away. Ooh. To um, hot takes, hot set, takes. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. <laughs> to set aside um, ulterior motives. Oh. Um, because so often we ask questions or we start engaging with people because we have something to say mm-hmm. or we want to offer our own story. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to relate to people. And so someone will be sharing about, like, let's just say they're in fertility story and and Mm. so you're listening to this story and you're like oh well I know somebody who has struggled with infertility too and I want to relate to them so I'm going to talk about that person and their infertility story when really that isn't necessarily helpful or beneficial for that conversation or listening Uh, or listening it's not listening it's talking um (laughs) actually but I think that it's easy when someone is talking and it's something that I really don't care about to yeah. uh, tune out, to just like blank out and be like, "Ugh, when is this going to be over? And what I, I think that you mentioned this at one of our relaunch meetings is to, to really genuinely um, think about this as being the most interesting story in the world. And that's really hard to do when we're not engaged in what someone is saying. But I tend to I don't know. For me, listening is one of the easier things for me to do because I really genuinely want to know people. Mm-hmm. I like listening to what is exciting and interesting to them. Mm-hmm. And so to ask follow-up questions, to be prepared to uh, hear what they are actually talking about and to ask for more information about whatever it is that they're sharing about. So we went to dinner last night and 
uh, me, my husband and my two kids and, oh yeah, what did you guys eat? Um, how did the kids do? Um, you know, just like seeking ways to engage deeply with whatever this person is saying. And they might even be like, I don't, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Um, so that means they don't really want to talk about it. So move on and find something different uh, to ask questions about. But so many people just really genuinely want to be known. It's mm -hmm. so scary, though, to be known, because mm -hmm. then it opens up uh, a place for rejection or right. um, dismissal. And so it's easy for people to uh, gloss over themselves. Mm -hmm. So to genuinely turn the tables back on them to say like, no, really, I want to know about that or um, you know, and coming up with a list of questions preemptively before you arrive somewhere that are some fallback questions, because it's hard to, mm -hmm. it, this is not something that comes easy or natural to many people. So I have created a list of questions that are just easy for me to depend on, like, what's God teaching you? Or what is something you're looking forward to? Or what was something difficult about your week? Um, uh, so that would be my uh, suggestion is to preemptively prepare some questions, um, tune in, put your phone away, uh, pray and ask for God to remove distractions, mental and emotional distractions too, and to know yourself, know your own limits. Not everyone can talk to 20 new people on a weekend or right. at work or whatever, um, but seek out three people or two people or one person and dive in deeply and meaningfully with that individual. Yeah. It sounds like you're saying that listening is hard because it's not about you. It's about the other person. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that's hard. Yeah. And it sounds like too, you're saying that um, listening is choosing to treat someone like they're interesting. Mm -hmm. um, even if you're not interested in their interests. Yeah. Which yeah, is part definitely. of why it's not about you. Mm -hmm. Well, and the other thing that I really love about listening is that um, you can show up at an event mm -hmm. knowing absolutely zero people, an event, a party, a wedding. And if you ask four or five really good questions, the next time you run into them, maybe at like downtown Plymouth or uh, the Farmington Farmers Market, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, oh my gosh, I know you. Right. And that's such a beautiful opportunity to love God's yeah. people and to be loved too, because then they're like, oh yeah, I remember this person. They were right. very kind to me. And it's less about converting people into somebody that we think that they should be or making them believe things that we believe. It's just genuinely taking an interest in who they are. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really beautiful. I really mm -hmm. love that a lot. Yeah. It sounds like you're saying listening is embodying the fact that they are important. To yeah. I think that during the service this past weekend, your dad said that listening is the closest thing to listening well to someone makes people feel the closest to being loved mm -hmm. um, than outside of actually loving someone. And I think that is so uh, fascinating mm -hmm. because when we genuinely listen to people, they do feel loved because yeah. you're like, I care about what you're saying. I care about what you think and what you feel and yeah. your experiences in this world. So anyway, I really like that. Yeah. So the next uh, letter is um, in bless is E. And so the E in bless stands for eat. Yes. So how do you manifest that naturally? Yeah in uh relationships yeah i think uh i don't like cooking 
uh, Amber was just teasing me the other day. She was like, it's like if it's not pre-made, you're like, there's nothing in the fridge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I thought about that this morning. I was like, uh, I looked in the fridge to make a sandwich right before our staff meeting. Maybe it was during our staff meeting. It was during our staff (laughs) meeting. And I um, only saw one slice of tomato left in a Ziploc. I was like, crap, we're at tomatoes. And then when I opened the fridge back up, there was like three more unsliced tomatoes. And I was like, oh, we're not out of tomatoes. We're just out of sliced tomatoes. I just don't feel like doing that. They they don't exist. They're they're, they're gone to me. Right. I was like, "Ah, we're out of tomatoes. That's such a bummer. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, we're not. So anyway, I preface that to say, if you're a good cook, my father-in-law is an amazing cook. Amazing Mm. cook. And Amber is an amazing cook. And so it's easy uh to invite people over to that because it's sure. like better than a restaurant you know oh yeah yeah totally. <laughs> um but for me eating with people is really about including them in your inner circle it's about doing something normal with them and mm-hmm. in a in a metaphorical yet tangible way eating is how we stay alive And so when we include someone in our meal, we are literally including them in our life. Yeah, that is so true. And um, that's really all it's about. And so for me, I'm not a great cook. I love having people over to my house. But if the meal was the center point, we almost always order out or Amber makes something amazing. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't touch that junk. I just am not good (laughs) at it. So for me, I love to invite people to my favorite coffee shops or my Mm -hmm. favorite restaurants or order out from my favorite restaurants, because that's more a true representation of including them in my life. Yeah, because those are things I genuinely like in my life. And uh, rather than feeling this burden, like, oh, I have to cook for you, or you have to cook for me. It's not about that. It's about um, telling them who I am by showing them. And I was supposed mm. to preach the sermon for this weekend. Yeah. You know, and then we had a, a snafu there. But I had a um, an English teacher that really pushed show, not tell with all of your writing. And he said, here's an example. Um, if I would wrote something and I was showing you not telling, I would say something like this. So there we were. It was a freezing October day, and we were on the 50-yard line. The gray and blue jerseys held in tension as we were down to the final seconds. And right as the ball was hiked, blank happened, right? Mm -hmm. Where am I in that story? You are on the field playing football. Yeah. How'd you know that? I didn't say that. I mean, because I just uh, paid attention to the details of what you're saying. I'm showing you, not telling you, right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah, say, yeah. I didn't say, so I was playing football one day and it was really cold. Yeah, yeah. Right? I showed This is you. something you're trying to coach me on. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm really paying attention, Alex. It just doesn't come naturally to me. <laughs> I showed you, not told you. Yes. Right? Yeah. And and showing is, is embodying it. It's putting people in the experience. Mm-hmm. And when we bless people, what we're doing is we are showing them the gospel, not telling them the gospel we're not saying hey this is what i believe and why you should believe it we're saying this is what it looks like to believe this yeah and when we eat with people we're telling people you are included in my life Mm 
Mm-hmm. And this what it yeah. is what that looks like, not just what it sounds like. Yeah. So what I hear you saying is that it's less about a performance and yep. trying to be something that you're not, yep. but drawing people, inviting people into what you are already doing in your life. So yep. if you are not good at cooking or don't enjoy cooking, then doing life in a way that fits with and is not uh, hypocritical either too right so it's not like I'm going to be something I'm not which I just love that so that's a really good and it's also really freeing to people who are hearing this acronym uh, over and over again and feeling like well I can't really do that it's the same thing with like prayer or listening or you know and eating it's the same thing really is like make it your own what works best for you for this to be natural right Kate you love to cook and so I'm sure having people over to eat is something that you would really uh, naturally gravitate towards. Yeah, I didn't actually always love cooking. I've only started loving cooking in the past three years. So yeah, yeah. but that was because I put a ton of pressure on myself Mm. in regards to cooking. And my bestie, Amy Neal, she really freed me from that. She was very helpful in um, providing some uh, gentleness and grace in that area. Good job, Amy. Much respect. I love that chick. Yeah, she's the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we've talked about begin with prayer, listen, eat together. Uh, Kate, tell me more about serving. And specifically, I would love to hear a unique or fun way you've either served people or been served by people. Because sometimes when we hear serving, we think we add a gravity to it that I don't think is inherent. And hmm. so tell me something like a fun or funny way you felt served or blessed in some way by somebody that was not like really intense or like somebody served me or some way that I served other people either Hmm. (laughs) well um Michael and Julia Odino are a couple that I live with yep and they (laughs) they have uh let me live with them yeah. Which started out with being three months of like, hey, can I just <laughs> into I'm going on three years yeah. of living with them. And so that's a huge service that they just like let me crash here and be here. And yeah. um, it's been really beautiful um, serving. I have had people. Oh, this is a really cool serving thing that happened. Um it's pretty intense. So I'll go really intense. And then also, okay, okay. Uh, because I can't help myself. I, I, I know, I, I know myself, you can't. Yeah. I know. That's why I asked the question the way I, I, I know, did. But I know, but I'm good anyways. Anyway. Okay. Um, so uh, a couple of years back, I was fostering and yes. uh, Donovan, and he was getting reunified. And one of the things that was hindering him from being reunified was that his um, mom did not have enough beds for all the kiddos. And so I posted on Facebook and said like, hey, does anybody have a bed for my foster son's bio mom who's trying to get her kids back? Oh my gosh, Alex, the abundance of things that were given to this family. There were six beds, um, two bunk beds, a a washing machine, couches, lamps, cabinets, uh, wardrobes, like an abundance. I'm telling you, I had to wow. rent a U-Haul to transport all the stuff to Port Huron. It was spectacular. And let me tell you, we drove around from house to house to house with this U-Haul to pick up a lamp, to pick up one dresser, to pick up one bed. It was like people gave. And that was like, that's that, those are simple things. Like you got yeah. a lamp sitting yeah. around that you just yeah. don't want anymore. 
uh, toys, rugs. Yeah. It was just, it was probably 30 houses that we had to drive wow. to, to get all of this stuff. And some people wow. brought stuff to me. We met up at uh, the church parking lot and we had like seven people drop off stuff. It was just spectacular. So that wow. was a simple but spectacular way that this family was served and yeah, the kids were that's, reunified that's and they're great. still with mom. Yeah. That's right. Great. So then the, the, um, small way of serving was, um, uh, during COVID, it was really hard for people to serve. And I built up a team of people who were writing cards to other people in mm. the church and their neighbors and, dropping off cards in mailboxes of the the people that were living on their streets. And so that's mm-hmm. like such a simple way of serving mm-hmm. and loving one another that was easy for people to do. Kids could participate, yeah. drawing pictures, you know, so um, serving doesn't have to be complicated. It can be something as simple as giving your belongings away that you aren't using that are just taking up space in the basement or yeah. dropping off a picture in a neighbor's yeah. mailbox. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have two thoughts on that. A, one of the things that I wrote down about serving that you're exemplifying in your examples is mm-hmm. serving is really about being seen. Being mm-hmm. served happens when I'm seen. Mm. And so you had, this woman had a need and you met that need and that was service, right? Yeah. yeah. And so a simple kind of funny way that uh, Amber and I served a, a neighbor once is, um, we were trying to get to know them and um, we found out they were really into uh, like this movies from a certain Japanese studio called Studio Ghibli, which hmm. is amazing, by the way, if you guys mm-hmm. haven't Sorry, no. yes. watched their movies are so good. Anyway, so we got into a conversation <laughs> with them about it and found out that they didn't have one of the movies in their collection. And so I bought the movie for like 14 bucks on Amazon. And then went and walked over to their door and knocked on it and said, hey, you know, you mentioned you didn't have this one. I got it for you. Would yeah, we come so over cool. and watch it one night? And they were like, thank you so much. That uh, would be awesome. That is so cool. And so they felt seen. Not everyone yeah. would feel seen by something like that, right? Yeah, totally, They felt seen totally. because it was an interest. Uh, and then there was a, a need that didn't even really matter. It wasn't mm. essential. It wasn't crucial. Yeah. It wasn't life or death. It was just simple that said, hey, I see you and I care about you. But I would also say that this um, exemplifies the L in bless as well, because you listened, you listened to something that they said. That's why it comes first. Yeah, it's so cool. Because we don't, if we try to meet somebody's need that they haven't, that they um, aren't saying is real, that's, that's not helpful. No. And I would, I would argue you can't serve someone without listening to them. Totally. Because I mean, internationally, even uh, yeah. We have like really, as a country, messed up other countries because we decided, oh, you need this mm-hmm. help from us. Yeah, yeah, totally. We, we're going to really serve you here. Yeah. But we didn't <laughs> listen to their needs. And Not so we valuable. really screwed some things up. Yeah, that's um, good, good point. So I think when we mm-hmm. serve, bef- try to serve before we listen, uh, it's what happens when helping hurts. We try to help and we end up hurting people or mm-hmm. relationships. It gets worse. Yeah. So yeah, I would argue. That's great gotta listen before you serve yeah totally well <clears throat> that's the b-l-e-s and now now it's down to the s all about how do you share your story alex that's the final s in bless yes so two or three things about this I haven't decided yet okay. a 
sharing your story. <laughs> Two or three things, and then he says, "Hey, I can't with this person." Yeah, isn't that fun? Who is he? Who is he? Yeah. People, Turn I'm just in. keeping it. I'm, I'm I'm using all the little <laughs> options in the Microsoft yeah. Word yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> number perfect. system. Not yeah. stressing any of the Type A personalities out <laughs> at all. <laughs> okay, go ahead with. They uh, mean the same thing. So A. <laughs> <laughs> Share your story is really about um at its core how has Jesus changed your life? Yeah. What was your life like before Jesus and how has Jesus made your life better? Mm-hmm. And I think this is hard for people for two reasons. A like I kept That's it right. A? I was, what? You can't do A One. again. Okay, fine. <laughs> um <laughs> It's hard for people for for a couple of reasons. One, you haven't reflected on it, so you don't really know. Mm-hmm. Two, uh, you're a Christian only culturally, so Jesus really hasn't changed much of your life. Ooh, dang. Okay, uh, ouch. And I think that's a big one for a lot of people. Yeah. Three, um, there can be an embarrassment either about what your life was before or about what it is now, Ooh, and okay. not feeling and feeling like you just have too far to go to share. Like there's, there's either, there's not enough that's been done, even though Jesus has changed your life or where your life is, isn't where you hoped it would be Mm -hmm. or want it to be. So interesting. ultimately, I think that it's about um, how has Jesus changed your life? And I think this is crucial for Christians to reflect on because this is our, what it means to have a testimony and it doesn't have to be extreme, right? It doesn't have to be extreme at all. We believe at the core that God designed human beings to live a certain way. And when we live outside of that way, uh, we encounter sin as an illegitimate way to meet legitimate needs that every Mm -hmm. single person has. We all have a need for belonging. We all have a need for identity to know who we are. We all have a need as part of our identity for our purpose. Why are we here? What's what, why does my life matter? Right, we all right. have a need for affirmation to know that mm-hmm. we're, it's not just that we exist, but it's good we exist to yeah. somebody, right? We all have these core human needs and sin promises to meet those needs and then doesn't. And it actually makes it, things way worse, not better, right? So when we meet our need for belonging in multiple sexual partners, mm-hmm. it promises you're going to belong so much more. You're going to be so important because look at all these people who want you. Yep. Uh, but then you destroy all the places you could have belonged mm-hmm. because of the betrayal, right? Or if we want to be um, important and we want to be liked and we want to be affirmed, so we kill ourselves at our job to rise to the top of our company mm-hmm. and we're making all the money and we've got the promotion, we've got the house and the car and the hot girl or guy, depending on, you know, whatever your uh, gender is, right? And then we... Um, feel empty. Mm-hmm. We feel empty. And it wasn't enough. And it didn't do right. it. And, and the hole is still there. So legitimate needs, legitimate needs. Everyone has them. Illegitimate solutions. Them. Yeah. So we believe that Jesus's way is the way to yep. fulfill those needs in a way that truly satisfies. So when we're talking about how has Jesus changed your life, what we're not saying is you have to have been addicted to drugs and now you're not. That's beautiful that Jesus changes people's lives in that way. Yep, absolutely. And, and that's wonderful. It, I'm just saying it doesn't need to be. But that's only um, one, story. one that's, story. I mean, one type of story. Right. It so my story. You, yeah, go ahead. My story is simply this. 
um, I remember being a kid and I would, my parents spent time with Jesus every day, at least in my memory. They, they would probably say they were a little more inconsistent than that, but I remember them spending time with Jesus very regularly and publicly in the house, you know, and um, I saw who they were before they did that. And after they were done, they were way more patient, mm. way more kind, way less irritable, um, way more gentle. And I just was like, something is happening when you do this. And I don't know what it is, but it is better than what you were like before. And I could also tell that, you know, you know, when you're tired and you meet someone that's well rested and you're like, you stink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I want what you have. Yes. And I don't have yes. that. I don't have that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, I could, I knew how to meet different needs. I knew what it was like to be thirsty and not be thirsty anymore. I knew mm-hmm. it was like to be hungry and not be hungry anymore. I knew mm-hmm. it was like to be tired and then not be tired anymore, but I didn't know what need they were meeting or how they were doing it. So one day when my mom was spending time with Jesus, I asked her like, what are you doing and why are you doing this? And she explained the gospel to me and said, is that something you want? And I said, yeah, it is. Now, I think I did really legitimately begin um, a relationship with Jesus at that time, as far as it depends on my own understanding of how that worked. And as I matured as a person, that matured too. And there were multiple points along the way where my friends um, were pushing me to do one thing. For example, get a girlfriend because that's what you had to do to be cool. Or smoke weed because that's what you had to do to relax. Or get drunk, because that's what you had to do to have fun. And I would see Jesus's way uh, said something different. And so I would choose Jesus's way over their way. And then 10 years later, our lives were very, 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 very different. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think it, there were there were not many things Jesus saved me from after the fact, like I was in all this darkness, and then he brought me light. But because hmm. of my commitment to him, I felt uh, I chose a lot of the light um, out of total faith because, you know, I lost uh, cool factor with my friends and inclusion over those things. Right. But now being on the other side of that and having some more maturity, I can see Mm -hmm. my relationships and the way I've handled them is 100% different than the way I would have without Jesus. Yeah, totally. That's really beautiful. The way I handle my money, Mm -hmm. the way I handle my time, the way I can determine what's important, yeah. um, the way that I uh, determine what's valuable and invaluable, yeah. all that is different because of Jesus. And I don't feel like I went through the process of making the mistakes and learning from the mistakes, but I mm-hmm. totally went through the process of going, this is a legitimate need I have. And Jesus is telling me I should meet it this way, but I really want to meet it this way. Totally. And what do I do here? And so- yeah. Um, but really, ultimately, the reason that this comes last and blessed is your story has power because you lived it out in the BLES. Yeah. Because you lived it out and beginning with prayer for this person, bringing them before God before anything, any tangible thing manifested. Because yeah. you listened to this person instead of just talking about yourself all the time. And you yeah. treated them as important, even though your interests weren't their interests. Yeah. You included this person in your life by eating with them 
and you cared enough to meet some kind of need or see them in some way that was proactive and not just about you. And all those things are the embodiment of the gospel because you are leaving your own world to incarnate into theirs. Yeah. Which is what Jesus has done for us. And then you're treating them as valuable in that place. And so your story has power not just because of how you came to know Jesus or how he's changed mm-hmm. your life, but because how the, you're the outcome of that is you're changing theirs. Yeah. And yeah. then they want to go, okay, why though? But tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. So, Kate, as we close, I'd love to hear uh, your story and tell me more about how God has changed your life. Yeah, totally. I think my story is pretty, um, uh, it started off as being very individualistic where I was, I cared more about getting my own needs met than I did about serving or caring about other people. Um, And I grew up in a family that had lukewarm religion. We went to church on the holidays. And um, for me, when I had, I got a DUI in 2006, and that was the trajectory that I was on. I was meeting all of my um, legitimate needs illegitimately, whether it was in friendships or drinking or drugs or relationships. And um, I just still, I just felt super hopeless. And mm-hmm. um, I like to use the phrase that I learned in Alcoholics Anonymous, which was that I was an egomaniac with an inferiority complex. So <laughs> I was so great and amazing, but not good enough. Yeah. And that manifested in all of my relationships. I was very insecure and fearful and angry and um, just wasn't a good friend. I wasn't a good uh, partner. I wasn't a good worker because I just cared about doing what I wanted when I wanted, how I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, got kicked out of school um, because of uh, poor academics. Cause I just had my priorities all uh, wonky. Um, and so when I got this DUI, I started attending AA meetings because I was court mandated and um they would do all of this talk about God and uh, higher power. And I tried the higher power route because I was like, all right, fine, I guess I need to do something. But I don't believe in God because people right. believe in God are stupid yeah. and naive. And um, it's a man written book. And there's so many in- er- errors, which I had never read the Bible. So what did I actually know? Right. Um, and so after about a year and a half of working some sort of AA program, I'm doing quotation uh, bunny ears for those of you who are just listening on the, <laughs> the podcast. The bunny quotes. Um, I finally came to the end of myself. I had gotten off probation. I got high to celebrate because that's what a real addict does. And I was sitting in this room full of people who I'd known since preschool and middle school and um, just like so devastated because I was like, none of these people actually care about me. Mm-hmm. They don't actually care about me, like what's going on inside of me. And I don't actually care about them either. Mm-hmm. And so I left that party and I went home and I was just devastated. And I had this sense of like desperation. I just don't want to feel the way I feel anymore. And I had mm-hmm. tried um, the tree outside my window and the moon and my dead grandmother and like all these higher power options that were out there, the fellowship of the program that I was a part of and nothing helped, nothing felt reassuring, but I had heard enough about God at these meetings to be like, all right, this is the last option. This is all I have left. And so I hit my knees and I was like, all right, God, if you're real, I'm going to try you out. Okay. And then I got off my knees because I felt stupid. Well, so then I started to take all of these suggestions seriously that they had been giving to me. So I went to church. 
I um, got a sponsor. I started working the steps and I started serving at church and I started attending weekly at church. And I joined probably five or six Bible studies at various churches. And um, <clears throat> I just started doing what was suggested to me. I got outside of myself. I started to learn all about other people and um, God just showed up. I got myself a Bible and I started wow. reading it from front to back and the gospels and learning all about these pivotal uh, characters. And um, God just started to work. He started to transform. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that this is how relationships were supposed to be done. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know about um, forgiveness and grace. And I was just so humbled. I found one of my journals the other day when I mm -hmm. first started uh, my relationship with Jesus. And I just like wept because I was mm -hmm. like reading these words about how blown away I was mm -hmm. that Jesus loved me. He loved me enough to die on a cross for me. Mm. And I just am still today so humbled that he loves me that much. Mm. And um, it has changed literally every single part of my life, mm -hmm. everything, the way mm -hmm. I work, the way I do relationships, the way yeah. that I uh, care about um, the environment. It's, it's just transformative to the way that I love and serve and care and um, how I treat myself even yeah, as well. Sure. So, um, I would say that would be a pretty, you know, that would be how I would share my story yeah. and it's still changing. You know, I, every single year learn more and more about the Lord and about his truth and feel very challenged, yep. uh, to be different today. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it's as simple as that. It's as simple as sharing what God has done in your life. And thanks yeah. for sharing Kate. Yeah, of course. No problem. Thanks. Alex. Um, and so I would push you and encourage you. If you um, feel uncomfortable with sharing your story, um, there's just, if you, if sometimes people feel uncomfortable because they don't know where to start, mm -hmm. you can just describe how you were meeting whatever needs you were meeting before Jesus. And you can describe how you met Jesus and then how that changed. And then I want to focus on that last part real quick. Uh, if you haven't stopped to reflect on how that's changed, I encourage you to do so. Yeah. And in that, if you find it hasn't really changed, there is more. Mm -hmm. There is so much more. A yeah. richness and fullness of a life that is real. Yeah. And God is waiting for you to surrender whatever is keeping you from that. And it is a death to the self. It is a letting go of my agenda and way I want to do things because God is not going to be your cosmic secretary who mm -hmm. just handles your uh, appointments and blessings requests, yeah, yeah. right? And it's hard too. It's not easy to to start doing life differently, to right. invite inviting people in, which I find personally has been the most important part for me is mm. to not feel like I need to do this all by myself. Mm -hmm. Inviting people in to the messiest, ugliest, uh, most embarrassing parts of your life yep. is very scary and overwhelming, but yep. you do not have to do this alone. For sure. You cannot, you cannot, cannot I say, correct. you cannot do this totally on your own. And we're totally. here for you. So if you are listening to this and you go, gosh, I don't know uh, if Jesus has really changed my life or if he has, maybe he's changed my schedule, but not my desires, not the ways I'm meeting them, not my uh, 
framework for what's important and unimportant, not my values. Yeah. Um, I just want you to know there's more and God is extending his hand to you. And then if you uh, feel incompetent in sharing your story, just because you feel like you're still such a mess, uh, we are all in process. But I want to close with Revelation 12, 11 says that we, meaning the church, have overcome the devil by the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony. And what that verse means is that because of Jesus's sacrifice, we are no longer slaves to sin. Amen. And we are no longer slaves to choosing um, on just an addictive default, the way of sin over the way of God. And, um, but we also overcome the enemy and the devil, both in our lives and the lives of those around us by simply telling people how Jesus has changed us. Amen. And that simple testimony recounting of what's true and what's real in my life and what's changed, um, is the bane of the devil. And so, uh, as we move forward into this weekend, we're really engaging the blessed process as staff and as a church to try to be a blessing to our community. And so I would encourage you to pick one person or two or three people to begin praying for. And then as the opportunity arises, take time to listen to those people, grab a meal with those people, listen for some way that uh, you could serve them in a simple way. You know, maybe it's getting them their favorite kind of coffee. Maybe it's uh, providing for a real legitimate need financially or materially. Maybe it's um, simply, you know, giving them a ride somewhere. It can be a many, 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 many things. Uh, and then over time, they are going to want to know why you're different because of the way you live. And that's when you just say, hey, this is, Jesus has changed me. And I would also say, as one final thing, Jesus changes you in the process too. As you do begin with prayer, listening, eating together and serving people. That is, you're living out the testimony. And that's, that's the power of your story, is that you're only doing this because of Jesus. No one does this just because they want to be a good person or feel great about themselves. It's too hard. You have to have a better reason. So um, thanks for joining us here on Tell Me More. Any closing thoughts from you, Kate? No, sir. Good talk. Glad we could have this talk. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll <laughs> see you this Sunday. Bye, guys. Uh, for our fall kickoff this Sunday. Woo! Party! Party. The partiest. All right. Yes. See you there. Okay. Or maybe not. Bye.